That's awesome. That's awesome. Guys, can we give it up for the band really quick for that? I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. And the, the best thing about that, too, is that that is just a little taste of what beach camp is going to be like. So um, just keep that in. Take that in. It's going to be awesome. Invite your friends. Invite your friends' friends. Invite your friends' friends' friends. You, you get what I'm saying. You, you're catching up. So, um, But anyways, let's go ahead and dive into what we're talking about today because, like, it is a lot. And I don't know how much time I got, but I'm going to try to give my best to y'all. Uh, Ryan's in seminary right now, so I have the privilege and honor for stepping in for him and uh, teaching. And today, we're actually also starting our new series. It's called The Way of Wisdom. The Way of Wisdom. And we're going to be spending this whole spring digging into the wisdom that comes from the book of Proverbs and figuring out how does it all connect to the gospel. And so think about tonight like us starting a journey together going down a path to learn about wisdom. And as I, uh, prepped, as I prepped this message, I kept coming back and thinking about uh, one question that I want us to answer as we dig into the word together. So if you're taking notes, which if you're not, highly recommend throughout the series, take notes, because obviously it's a, wisdom, it's a seri series about wisdom, so you're going to get a lot from that. Um, so if you're taking notes, um, go ahead and write down this first question. Where do I begin to pursue the way of wisdom? Where do I begin to pursue the way of wisdom? Where do we start in this journey? To find out, we're going to need some context, right? I feel you guys hear me say that a lot when I preach, um, which is good. Get used to it because that's not changing. So let's go ahead and dig into the first six verses here in chapter one. We're going to gather what we can. We're going to hop around, skim through some other verses um, in the chapter just to get some main ideas from it, and we'll talk about it. So Verse 1 of chapter 1 starts off by saying this, and you can see it on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. It says, here are, the, here are the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, given to you to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, and let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. And I feel like after reading all of that, the first question we got to ask ourselves is like, what is a proverb? Like it kept mentioning like proverb this, proverb that, but like what are they really? It's just a word we kind of throw around. It would kind of help to know, right? So we're going we're gonna to go ahead and figure that out. So from what we can gather from those verses, we can tell that these proverbs, they seem to be good and moral principles or sayings that came from this guy named King Solomon. And he was one of the wisest kings of Israel. And he was also viewed in like ancient times as like one of the wisest guys ever, right? So he was also the son of King David. And we all know that guy, right? The guy, you know, killed Goliath, whatever. And he asked God, this is King Solomon, he asked God to give him wisdom. And Solomon was known for his wisdom. And so considering there's a whole book of wisdom that's credited to this guy named Solomon and a whole bunch of people that hung out around him, he seems kind of important, right? So we should probably look into his sayings and into his principles. So throughout the book, Proverbs takes the tone of an of a older guy, um, probably like a father, uh, giving lectures and advice to somebody who's younger, probably like a, like a son. And Solomon uses this tone and a lot of literary tools like personification. We're all old enough to know what that is, right? I hope. Um, he uses that kind of stuff to help us and his audience get what he means and the wisdom that he's trying to share with us. 
And so later on in the series, we're going to talk about some of those literary tools that he uses and some of those themes. But right now, I'm just trying to lay a good foundation for us to, us, for us to like really understand everything we're taking in. Because it's going to be a lot and it's going to be great. Uh, but those first six verses that we read kind of tell us what these sayings and principles were for, right? Like when we look back at them. Um, from what we can tell uh, from those verses and when we dig into the rest of the book, we can see that these verses are full of good moral advice and principles that are showing us how to live well and grow in learning and understanding and righteousness and justice and more um, in our lives. It's showing us all that. And, it, and this kind of stuff, all these principles, it affects every area of our life from our marriage to our friendships. You guys aren't married yet. I'm married. Um, hopefully you guys aren't married yet, you know. But anyways, while all those things are great and all, right, is that all the Proverbs are? Are they just a whole bunch of sayings and moral principles and stuff like that? Or is there more to them than just that? Are, is the Proverbs just a book full of good advice and sayings or, you know, good moral things that we should do and things that maybe we shouldn't do? Is that all it's about? It's not. I believe there's actually more to the Proverbs than that. And let me explain. Um, Proverbs are not just a collection of words from people, but they're actually God's own words to us, too. They are divinely inspired words of God for us. And God is making his wisdom known to us so that we can live God-honoring lives. Not just good lives, doing good things. Anybody can do good things, but God-honoring lives. So the Proverbs are one of the books um, that, in the Bible, um, no, no, really, Brian. But yeah, they're, they're found in the Bible. Um, and it's part of a selection of books called the wisdom literature. All right, it sounds really fancy, right? But it's not, just bear with me. So the wisdom literature is a set of books in the Bible that people often refer back to because it helps them understand how do we live in God's world? It's not our world, right? How do we live in God's world? And that's why I'd recommend you guys outside of here too, if you're interested, dig into the wisdom literature. Uh, because as much as Proverbs is one of those books in the wisdom literature, we need all the wisdom we can get because life is complicated, right? And so we need all the wisdom we can get from any book to help us out. Um, and so there's a lot of wisdom literature out there. Talk to me about it. I'm really passionate about it. Um, but wisdom, biblically speaking, is more than just knowing things. We got a lot of smart people in the room, right? But wisdom is more than just knowing things. But it's about applying your knowledge to real life. Wisdom is about learning from life and applying what you've learned to live a good life. Learning from the outcomes of the good and the bad, from the successes and from your failures. And here's a main point, first main point that you guys can write down. The principles of Proverbs open us up to learning from possible outcomes. The principles of Proverbs open us up to learning from possible outcomes. And here's the lens that I want you guys to have as we go through Proverbs. And uh, I'm going to add more to this. But when we keep reading, we're going to see a pattern that might look something like this for you. Well, if you just do good things, good things will happen. And if you do bad things, bad things will happen. You're going to start seeing this pattern as we read through some of these verses. And at first glance, you might be like, well, duh, Brian, like that makes sense. You know, like, you know, for me, like if I work out, um, and eat healthy, I'll probably lose this dad bod over time. Or, or you know, if I keep putting my hands on the, hot, on the hot pans or the hot stove and my wife tells me not to, if I keep doing it, I'm going to burn my hand, you know. Those are just some practical examples for me of, you know, if I do something good, something good's going to happen. If I do something bad, something bad's going to happen. And the majority of the time in this world, that, that happens. That's true. That can happen. Um, and this pattern can't seem to be true. But like I said, these principles are general, and they're not guarantees. They're not promises. 
So this is the next point I have for you if you're taking notes. The principles of Proverbs are general and not guarantees. The principles of Proverbs are general and not guarantees. What do I mean by that? I'm saying that we're not supposed to take these Proverbs as guarantees as if they're going to 100% happen. Oh, this is a promise for me because that's not the intent of the writer. We're supposed to take these as general understandings of what possible outcomes will most likely happen if you're wise or if you're foolish, if you're good or if you're bad. Because here's the hard truth, guys, and I, and I love y'all. I really love y'all, and I will always, when, anytime I'm up here, I will always tell you the truth and love because I really care for you. But the reality is that these Proverbs aren't promises. Good things won't always happen when you or others are good or wise. And to be honest, bad things won't always happen when you or other people are bad or foolish. And I wish it was as black and white as that, man. I wish when bad things happen that people got justice for it. I, re- I really do. And I wish when good things happen, people got recognized and rewarded for it. But sometimes doing the wise and the good thing, it is hard. And I know you guys know this. Like sometimes you may do something good and wise, and then instead of something good happening, you don't get recognized. Or, or you don't get picked on the team you don't get the job, maybe you get rejected by someone, or, or you get hated for no reason, or, or you're disciplined, or you have to sacrifice even more. You get what I'm saying, but like, while God may bless you for good things in life as you pursue wisdom, Jesus is telling you that these principles are general because the focus of Proverbs is not just to point us to principles, but to a person who's Jesus. And that's a, that's a point that I want you guys, if you could take anything from my message, I would say, I'd say that. The focus of Proverbs is not just to point us to principles, but to a person. That person's name is Jesus. And the ultimate good and the wisest thing that we can pursue in this life, guys, it's Jesus and becoming more like him. Jesus, actually, the Bible talks about him being the embodiment of wisdom, the logos, the logic, everything. We can know and do all good things and try our best to live a wise life at the end of the day, but it will be nothing without Jesus. It will be nothing without Jesus. So because of what Jesus did, fulfilling the wise and good life that we couldn't, we have the power to pursue wisdom right now because of what he did. So let's keep reading so you guys get like why that is. Let's jump to verses 8 through 10, and then we're going to like hop on over to verse 15 through 18, and we're going to talk about it. So uh, this is verse 8. It says, Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake or forget not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, if they are peer pressuring you, do not consent My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the side of any bird, but these men lie in wait for their own blood, and they set an ambush and an attack for their own lives. And do y'all catch on to a theme here? As I read that, did you catch on to a theme? The writer here is telling us that by choosing sin, and foolish decisions with others, we end up setting up an ambush or an attack on what? On our own lives by choosing that. And this is so applicable to us now. And, and by us, I mean me too. When I was in middle school and when I was in high school, I often felt, found myself being peer pressured to hang out with people and to do the dumb things that I knew I shouldn't be doing. I chose sinful and, and harmful things that were only harmful for, for me and those that I cared about, those that I deeply loved. 
And, and I kept, all, all that I was doing was just setting up an attack on my own life. I was hurting my own health, my friend's health, my family's health, the people I loved and cared about. And whether, we, whether it was with by myself or with people, I kept walking in a way that was only hurting me. And I know that what I wrestled with is something that you guys are wrestling with too, sitting here. I know that you guys are feeling that too, that you guys leave this place and you go into a place that is trying to take you away from everything that God has for you. And that's really hard. And honestly, if, I, if I'm being real too, um, it, it is hard to go into places where the, you have peer pressure to, to talk differently, to act differently, to seek attention, to, to maybe cope in harmful ways with something hard that's going on in your life. That temptation might be there. And I've struggled with it. And you guys know my story for the most part. And if you haven't, I'd love to talk to you about the things that I've struggled with. But to be honest, having to constantly fight to choose sin and, and not do dumb decisions is something that I honestly struggle with every day still. Um, and I may have gotten a little bit better at that, but I'm still wrestling with that. And I know that you guys are too. But I'll, I'll tell you this, choosing the Lord and choosing wisdom and good things, it has changed my life. And I know it's going to change yours too. And before I chose those things, Jesus chose me. And I want you to know he's choosing you and he loves you. And choosing wisdom, it's life-giving. And choosing sin, it's life-taking. And I want you guys to have a blessed life. And I know that God's wisdom and this way of wisdom that we're talking about, it's going to lead you there. And so the world, and people in the world, they may tell us that God's word and God's ways are, are foolish. And, and people reject God because of it. They're like, oh, the Bible, I don't need that, you know. Like, my truth is my truth, whatever. You guys, you guys hear all the stuff. You're on the TikToks or whatever it is. Um, but they wanna be, people want to be wise in their own eyes. And they want to think that they know what's right. And, and even, even the things that are hurting them, they want to think that it's okay and, and that it's good, even when it's not. But God invites us to listen to the cry of wisdom that wants us to live more than just simple lives stuck in sin, but sanctifying lives, growing in God's wisdom and living how he desires us. So verses, this is verses 20 through 23. It says this, and it's going to pop up on the screen in a second. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the marketplace, she, wisdom, raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. Man, that's a tongue twister. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple, staying stuck in sinful and foolish lifestyles? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge or wisdom? If you turn at my reproof and if you reject it, behold, I will still choose you. I'll pour out my spirit to you and I will make my words known to you. And so Solomon uses personification here, he referring to wisdom as a person, as a she, ultimately to point us to the person, to the person that is the source of wisdom, which is Jesus. So Proverbs, uh, it points us to wisdom of Jesus and the truth of the gospel that even when we were staying stuck, stuck in our sinful and, and foolish ways, Jesus came and made his words of wisdom known to us. When we were stuck in our sinful and foolish ways, Jesus came and he made his words of wisdom known to us. Jesus died. This is the gospel, guys. This is the gospel. This is the stuff to hold on to. That Jesus died and he rose again for our foolishness and our sinful ways. And Jesus fulfills living the way of wisdom perfectly since we couldn't. We are all fools sitting here. And that's something that we need to accept is the gospel. We couldn't save ourselves. 
But since he fulfills that, since Jesus fulfills that, we can live our lives responding in awe of God and his glory like we did in worship then just a second ago and begin pursuing wisdom and living it out through our recognition of who God is and really being passionate about that. So the last verse tonight, we've been building up to answer our question, right? I hope you guys remember our question. Can anybody tell me what our question was? I'm just curious, that first question. Yeah. <laughs> You're good. You're scrolling back to the notes. I'll say it in the meantime. Where do I, and I think I heard it, where do I begin to pursue the way of wisdom? Well, this is how. We begin in recognizing God for who he is. We recognize God. And our answer is in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or wisdom and fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's leave that verse up there for you guys to just soak up. This verse could sum up the whole entire book of Proverbs, to be honest. And I want you guys to take this verse in and think about this verse as we're reading through the rest of Proverbs. By fear, you're, you're seeing that, the fear of the Lord. By fear, the verse is talking about a healthy fear of God that recognizes who God is. Not like fear like you're terrified of God, but a healthy Fear is one that is in awe of God and his glory and his goodness, his greatness. And it's so overwhelming to the point that it makes you humbly surrender to who God is and choose to live your life with him and respond to his wisdom. Because, guys, this is the reality is that God created everything. God is the foundation of all wisdom. Jesus is wisdom. And the verse says to be a fool would be what? to not have this fear of God and instead reject God and his wisdom. And Proverbs makes it clear to us that those who don't learn from God and they choose sin and foolishness and reject God will get the outcome of their choices. They're going to get what's coming. <laughs> but going off that, Proverbs chapter 1, 29 through 33, it ends with a warning but also a word of hope for us. So let's read it. This is Proverbs 1, 29 through 33. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruits or the outcomes of their way and have their fill of their own desires. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will, will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread or of disaster." So our hope in this life that it points to at the very end is to listen and to grow in wisdom. To listen and to grow to be like Jesus. To live life with Jesus. Turning away from God, like that verse is talking about, turning away from God only brings his judgment on us and it destroys us. Turning away from wisdom is, is going to destroy us. And Jesus, who is wisdom, and the foundation of all of our wisdom, he makes it so clear to us too in the New Testament. He tells us a story in Matthew 7, and I'm just gonna read it to you guys really quick, and I hope that you guys are able to receive this. Jesus says this, just, just hear this out. It won't be on the screen, but just receive this. Hear these words. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus' words, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. 
And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. So where do we begin as we pursue the way of wisdom? What is our foundation of wisdom that we need to build off of? It's recognizing who God is. Do you recognize who God is today? Do you really? Maybe you've known God your whole life or you've known about God your whole life, but maybe you haven't really taken a step back and recognize him fully for who he is. Maybe you and God need to have a conversation tonight and figure out where you're at with him. Try to get to know him again. Maybe you haven't recognized God fully for who he is. I just encourage you to talk with him, talk with me, talk with someone on the worship staff, talk with PVN team. Um, and we, we just love to hear where you're at um, to help you pursue the way of wisdom. Because the truth is, guys, that life goes on really fast. It goes by, like, so fast. Like, it's like I blinked when I was 15, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> but for real, I, I recognized who God was and, and how he saved me from my sin a little bit later than I, than I wish. I was 15 um, when I did. Um, and I wish that I could have way earlier and lived how Jesus wanted me to live instead of living in the ways that I was choosing that were only hurting me and hurting others. And even when I was a believer, I honestly still didn't know what it was like to pursue wisdom. I didn't know how to live a life that was good for me and my flourishing and living with Jesus. And, and I didn't know how to do that for others as well. And I hurt people along the way. And I don't want that for you guys too. I want you guys to live in the fullness of everything that God is calling you to. And I want you to know that you have an opportunity to have a blessed life with Jesus. If you're listening to my words now, if you're listening to Jesus' words a second ago, you have an opportunity to respond to this wisdom and, and live out that life. Live life with God and with his wisdom. And it may not be easy, but it is so worth it. And your life, it can be blessed by God's wisdom, not because of the good and moral principles found in scripture like we see in Proverbs. It's not just about doing good things, but because of the person they point to. That's what this is about. It's about, it's all about Jesus. It will always be about Jesus. So guys, don't waste your life. Hear me out. Do not waste your life. Don't settle for simple living and simple, and simple and sinful and foolish ways that are only gonna hurt yourself and others, but choose Jesus. Choose the way of wisdom beginning in the fear of the Lord and recognize who God is and live and grow in the wisdom that he's calling to you in Jesus. We're gonna go ahead and pray and then the band is gonna come up here and uh, lead us in worship because worship is our response to recognizing God as our foundation of growing in wisdom. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for every single person in this room. God, I thank you that you love them more than they can understand, um, God, and that your desire for them is more than even what they may desire with their own lives, Lord. God, you desire for them to, to pursue you, to pursue you as wisdom, to pursue your way of wisdom, and to lay behind anything that holds them back from pursuing that. God, I pray in Jesus' name that anything that has a hold on them right now that is preventing them from pursuing you, Lord, God, would they be able to turn from that and to turn towards your way of wisdom, God? Would you point them to you, to who you are, 
God. And if they need to talk to someone tonight um, to, as a response to figure out how, man, how do I live in a more wise way? Because I have been making dumb choices, God. Help them to come to you to repent, to turn from those things, um, God. Um, and help them to learn what it means to live in a, to live a wise life, to learn from your wisdom, God. God, help them to talk to somebody else. Help them to be brave enough, to be courageous enough to take the next step of obedience and living life with you, even if it's for their first time, God. Help them to say enough with sin, enough with the foolish things that are never gonna fill me, that are only gonna hurt me and others, God. Help them to take the next step in that, God, and to live a life of wisdom with you. God, would you bless the series and every single student in this room and let them know how much you love them. God, thank you that we could keep worshiping with you. It's your name we pray. Amen.